cancer diagnosis at the age of 32, my mom and I talked a lot about the shock of that diagnosis. Given several doctors told us you're too young to have endometrial cancer. After much discussion, we began to feel driven to inform and help educate other young women about what symptoms they should be concerned. Having both been teachers, it seemed natural for us to look for a way to share Alex's cancer journey in order to help other young women avoid such a shocking diagnosis or possibly navigate a similar path. A podcast seemed the best way to get the word out, and that's how Down There Aware was born. Four years later, our mother-daughter duo has gone from educating and informing to advocacy and action with a fresh and sometimes very interesting and somewhat humorous multi-generational perspective. We look forward to sharing with you season four as we advocate, take action, and make it a priority to always be Down There Aware. Welcome back to another episode of Down There Aware. We're here, and it is hot. It is hot, literally. Miserable. 100 degrees. It is. It is a scorcher. But thank goodness for air conditioning and ceiling fans. All of the above. Yes. Yeah. So. For sure. And a lot of people went back to school. Yeah, it is. Teachers kiddos college is not back yet thank goodness <laughs> i work at a university and my least favorite part is the students <laughs> we had this discussion today in fact that it was like i like what i do and i like working at a university but man those students are terrible <laughs> and, and you wouldn't have a job without them so. true i would not have a job without them and I have to remember, I was a student once. I was probably just as annoying. You know, it's that age, like that 18 to 22. Know it all. Know it all, except they don't know how to walk. <laughs> they're <laughs> or jumping park in, or drive. Right, they're jumping in front of your car like it's Frogger. So, uh, yeah, good yeah, times. If you live in a college town, you can sure tell the difference <laughs> when when school is in session and when it's not. Session and when you're enjoying the summer, empty roads. And oh man, are yeah, they? What a difference! I know. I'm trying to be annoying. There we go. <laughs> All right. Oh. Well, we have, we have an interesting topic today, mainly born of frustration, born of yeah. personal and, experience, well, and, and seeing patterns. Yeah continual patterns um and not i don't even feel just us like i have had conversations with multiple different groups of people who have all kind of had the same conclusion yeah, yeah. um and that is in the world of medicine attention to detail is really not a thing anymore no, it really is lacking and it can cause huge issues major issues yes. And, well, and interestingly enough, we had planned to talk about this today. <laughs> and we have some examples from today. Yes. <laughs> I had a colonoscopy today. First off, <clears throat> round of applause for Mary Massey. <laughs> she was up at the crack of dawn. She didn't sleep. She had to do all the prep. If you know, you know. And what your thing was at six o'clock you had to show up to be there at six and um that's not fun 
And after a short nap and a meal, you're here, raring and ready to go for recording an episode. <laughs> so now, in all honesty, if the tables had turned, I think I would have been like, oh, I can't do that today. <laughs> I, can't, I can't record today. Well, but here I am. Mom, the you motivation. You stuck with me. <laughs> but the reason why I'm sharing that I had a colonoscopy today, it's not necessarily news, um, is because I thought how ironic we're talking about the uh, lack of attention to detail in the medical community with what happened to me today. I, um, just to make a long story short, and then we can reflect, uh, I went in for the procedure, did all the prep like I was supposed to, read the, in fact, I left the instructions on my bar. Now, this is my third colonoscopy, so I've done this before. On the bar, just to make sure every day leading up to it, I was doing what I was supposed to and all. The bar in their house. She doesn't frequent a, <laughs> no. the neighborhood no. bar. <laughs> <laughs> the bar. After today, though, I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, the bar in her house. So... Make a long story short, um, in the instructions it said, if you are on any of these blood thinners, and it named a bunch of blood thinners, the nurse will call you before your procedure and discuss with you whether you should cease the medication two to seven days before the procedure. Well, I'm on a blood thinner, I'm on Eliquis, but Eliquis was not one of the ones listed. Um, so I thought, well, even if Eloquist is included, the nurse is going to call me and tell me if I need to quit taking it. Now I'm going to stop and say, in my gut, I thought I should not be taking this before going in. But you're not the medical professional. I'm not the doctor. And you were given instructions and we tend to be rule followers. And so we do what we're told. Yes, it, even though I just thought, mm, I probably shouldn't. But I didn't want to stop taking my Eliquis because of my AFib unless a doctor said that's what you need to do. For sure, because, sorry, a little bit of bleeding is not as bad as going to an AFib and having a stroke. You know, a stroke. So um, I took my Eliquis just like I'm supposed to. So one medical professional after the other as I went through the process said, oh, you took Eloquist last night? Oh no, you took, I'm going to have to go get so-and-so, oh no. And um, the doctor finally came in and said, you shouldn't have taken the Eloquist. I said, well. <laughs> Mom came with the receipts. I brought the instructions from your office and right here, and I pointed to what mm -hmm. it said, and he said, well, that is outdated and the nurse should have called you. Well, woo! Whose fault is that? Yeah, a lot of good that did me. He said, I'm going to go ahead, since you prepped, and do the colonoscopy. But if I find anything, I can't do anything else. And wouldn't you know, <laughs> he found a couple polyps. And um, so I have to go through all of this again and have another one because of a lack of attention to detail. The nurse did not call me. They didn't have proper instructions on the um, instructions. Yeah, because it sounds like they mean 
you should never take a blood thinner for this procedure. Like that that's the update, right? Like cuz it just seems Oh, like when I got there today, that's what he said. That's yeah, what saying. yeah. Right, but that's the right, if that's outdated. Right. Then the updated is you should not take um any blood thinner. Well, why the heck hasn't your office staff sat down for two minutes and updated your document. I mean, I actually had to go into the office to make this appointment. And when they, now let me ask you this, when they gave you those documents, did they go over them with you? They went over the part at the bottom that has blanks to fill in about, because your um, appointment time is unique to you. Right. And so it says you have to stop eating so many hours and then there's a blank because they don't think you can do math, they put what time that means. Right. Now, they paid attention to that detail. Right, and if if they're using that document, it needs to be accurate. Yeah, why, why, anyway, that that is going to cost the doctor his time coming in again for procedure. Well, and not just time, but money, and is your insurance going to cover it again? I'm sure if my insurance doesn't cover it, the doctor's going to cover it. Right. It was their fault. It was their fault. And and he even, this is the other thing. All of the nurses who said, oh, you took Olympus. Oh, you took Olympus. And, and they even said when I showed them the the um, instructions. And, you know, this is what I call hugging the mountain. I take those things with me. Yeah. Always um, take your documentation. Yes, and... And when I showed them, they just shook their head and said, they should have called you, they should have called you. Not one person, including the doctor whose office screwed up, said, I'm sorry. Not mm. one. Well, and it makes you wonder, where was the missing link? Yeah. Was it that they didn't know you were taking Eloquist, that they didn't put it right into the computer what your medications were? And well, so it was never flagged of they need to call you? And that it wasn't that the nurse didn't call you other than that she wasn't told by whatever computer system that these are the patients you need to call or was it just neglect that they knew that you fell through the cracks they knew you were taking Eloquist but for whatever reason somebody went home early that day or they thought they finished the calls or whatever um don't know yeah we you know you just don't know but like I said I did have to go into the office yeah and get have an exam sit with my and I I always take my sheet of color-coded um, prescription drugs and over-the-counter drugs. What, you know, we should put like a sample, a of, template, a template of that of how uh, mom takes her medication to the doctor because it's just really helpful. I have them all se- separated by what I take for my heart, what mm-hmm. I take for diabetes. You know. Um, anyway, and so I had to. I I always leave that with them even if they say oh here you have this back i say i don't need it back you can have it put in my file um of course files are digital now so they put it into the computer so did she not put it into the computer why when we went over my drugs didn't she say oh you're on a blood thinner you're gonna have to stop that x number of days before you right i mean that would be the time to do it because i'm sitting there with my notebook and pen and i would have written that down right um the doctor did ask me today who i met with with the scheduling and I, I said i don't know i don't, <laughs> I don't know her name right. 
But trust me, I'm going to be writing down names. I always do that when Alex is in the hospital. Yeah. I write down the nurses' names. and Mainly so that um, I know if I've talked to somebody about something, I know who I talk right. to. Um, yeah, it's less of a gotcha and just more of a right. I need to know. So I'm going to start doing that with whomever I speak with. <laughs> it's just... Um, yeah, it is. Oh, so frustrating. Now i got to do that again. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it's just really crazy that... Um, something that is so important, like not taking a blood thinner for a medical procedure where you could have excessive bleeding, um, that they don't, it's not more important to pay attention yeah. to those details. And you can't, um, he couldn't do what he needed to do. Right. Cause a colonoscopy is not just looking, looking at your colon. No. It is also identifying, they clip them or cut them out or yeah, whatever right then because you're columns. under yeah that's the whole point yeah <laughs> it just you know it's kind of mind mind boggling yeah that you know people don't pay closer attention and, and that, that's a big deal it is and you know even um oh sadie's poor itchy girl but you're back on your meds right now um but even you know little things like my full name is alexandra that's it D-R-A, that's how it ends. So many people call me Alexandria. And like, sure, in the scheme of things, big whoop. But legally, I am not Alexandria. And if you put my, that name that is not my name on medical paperwork, mm -hmm. there's gonna be an issue at some right. point. And I mean, like how many times when you're in the hospital or for a procedure, you have a um, wristband and they make you confirm your name and birth date, name and birth date, name and birth date. And then they say, they recite your number, right, your that, patient yep. number. And it's just so specific. And it's like, how, and what's funny to me is, it's usually when people call me and they make an assumption. It's that, you know that, um, it's all on social media all the time and um, where it's a paragraph and every word is misspelled yes and but the first letter and the last letter and maybe like a vowel or something are correct and you can read it mm -hmm. just because of the way we read most we, people can read the it. way most people read is just by kind of looking at a whole word instead of sounding it out continually and so if you look at my name written and you are only familiar with Alexandria's then that's what you're going to say. Right. And that's the assumption. And so instead of paying attention and taking just an extra 30, half a second, not even 30 seconds, half, half a second and saying, okay, Alexandra, that's what it is. So it's really small and I've, it doesn't bother me anymore, but other than it's important to be accurate. Well, because if, um, it is written incorrectly, it could cause huge issues, major issues. Yeah. Um, and speaking of that, as I was looking, I, I wrote a blog about this years ago, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Um, but as I was reading over that, just to kind of refresh my memory about how frustrating <laughs> it is. And this has been going on for quite some time, and nothing's changed. Yes. Um, I came across this article about a mistake that a Bristol Myers Squibb company made, pharmaceutical pharmaceutical company um with Eloquist medication 
interestingly enough. Oh, what a coincidence. And the pills were um, labeled 5 milligrams, but the, each pill was only 2.5 milligrams, so it was half the dose. And, um, you know, people who have thrombosis or um, AFib or blood clots or, you know, they depend on those blood thinners to keep them safe. And the accuracy of the dosage. I it's mean, like, so important. Your doctor doses you for a specific reason, for a specific amount. Right. And, it, I mean, that's just common sense. Right. Wow. Doesn't it make you wonder how... What are the checks and... Sorry, the camera battery died. Um, but I, as I was saying, doesn't it make you wonder um, what checks and balances are in place, if there are any, and then how it got through? Like, at what point, where was the weak link? Well, and if ever there needs to be checks and balances, it's with life and death situations in the medical community. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of them somewhere, but these mistakes happen. You hear about pharmacies who get, they get the wrong medication or they give out the wrong medication or dosage and people die. Mm -hmm. um, and I've thought about where, why is it happening? What, where have we come to that this happens? And I have a theory as a former teacher um, that we went through a period in the 90s where we coddled children. We, um, we didn't want them to fail anything. We didn't want to put red marks on their papers. Well, it was the um, participation trophy yes. generation. and the warm and fuzzy mm -hmm. feeling. And um, it, we kind of went overboard with that, in my opinion. And so we didn't say to a child, you need to do that again. It's not right. Um, here, correct these mistakes. Mm -hmm. we, we didn't expect children to work and work and work until they got something right. And those now are the people who are in the workforce. That, you know, that's really pretty accurate. And I think, now I haven't been a school teacher in a while, um, but I do interact, as we previously mentioned, with university students. And <laughs> that you love so much. I do. <laughs> um, and it really is amazing to me at what they don't think about and what they don't care about mm. what is not important and I think that transfers right like it might just be something here in school but that really does transfer into the real world when um, I mean I work with business students so maybe not life or death but um, pharmacy and doctors and people who really are dealing with life and death um, what that means yeah and and that's my concern and we you know we talk about here being your own advocate and that's really what you have to do now in hindsight what i probably should have done is called the office myself and isn't that sad <clears throat> when i didn't hear from the nurse right. i should have called but it you know you shouldn't have to if if the paper says the nurse will call you if, if there's if if there's a if there's a reason to the nurse will give you a call to let you know to instruct you further and then nothing yeah. <laughs> and it's like i I don't get it. Well, so I made the assumption, and I know what what they say about assuming, but I made the assumption I didn't get the call, so it wasn't an issue. Well, and I wouldn't even call it an assumption. It's that factual. The conclusion, the conclusion that you drew from of, their directions. Right. These are the directions. This is what happened. This is what didn't happen. Done. Boom. Ready to go. Yeah. 
So it, you know, it's one of those things where it can seem nitpicky. It can seem, you know, that, oh, you're taking this too seriously or whatever, but it can turn out to be a life or death problem, particularly with medications or, um, you know, other things. And, you know, you said something, um, when we were talking about earlier, your appointment, um, the anesthesiologist asked you how much you weighed because on the form she couldn't read it. She couldn't read uh, whoever had, you know, weight, written down her mom's weight in kilograms. And of course mom like knew how, well, she was in pounds, but didn't know the conversion. Um, and that's, critical yeah, information. The anesthesiologist has to know they your have weight to know how much you weigh. How much the anesthesia to administer. Right. So it's just one of those things that's like even just handwriting. I mean so... those are those are numbers. How hard is that to write <laughs> right, and three <laughs> numbers? And didn't she say that it looked like a letter, like a two yeah, or she, a four or a, yeah. Those are those are numbers. And an S, you know right. yeah. numbers and letters and she said that's what this looks like. And, like an address. <laughs> oh, it was crazy. And that was another attention to detail. Yeah. How hard is it to write those those numbers? It's not. Well and going back to how we treated students in the 90s. It wasn't just teachers, but I think it was parents as well. Um, and I told the story in my blog about when Alex was young and she was washing dishes one day. She'll never let me live this down. <laughs> and she would wash them and, you know, put them in the drainer. And when I walked over, I saw there were soap suds all over the dishes in the drainer. And I said, Alex, you're going to need to redo those. You didn't rinse them well enough. And um, she, all she wanted to do was get outside and play. She didn't care. She was just whipping through that chore. And I said, you're going to need to take those out and do it again and rinse them all. And she got all upset and crying and fussing. Because it's physically painful. Do to wash dishes, <laughs> to, to do a chore, and then to have to redo a chore. Come on. <laughs> and so, um, it, the more upset she got, I finally just said, "Look, I am not doing my job mm -hmm. if I don't teach you. One day you're going to be a grown up, and you're going to be living by yourself, and you're going to need to have these skills. I'm not doing my job as your mother if I don't teach you how to do this properly, because you're going to drink out of a glass that tastes like soap." <laughs> You're going to wonder why. And, and yeah. so, um, I said all that to say, I think it, we don't always take the time mm -hmm. with children. We're busy. We've got our phone in our hand. Yeah. We've got too much going on. It took time to go back, not only to explain all that to her, but to have her do it again and for me to supervise it. It means I wasn't getting anything else done. Yeah. Supervise it, make sure it got done correctly. Um, but I think we kind of got away from that, um, really taking the time to the, and the effort to go over and over mm -hmm. and to, and to expect, um, better, you know, yeah. to, just to expect a better job. I, I've always said children will rise to your expectations. Well, and I think also just as time has gone on, we have gotten a lot faster at a lot of things. And a lot of times that's a point of pride, right? Like we don't walk across the earth anymore. We fly planes. Mm -hmm. And instead of taking months to walk across the earth, it takes mere hours. Um, and so in some ways that innovation is really good. 
Um, and even in terms of instead of handwriting a letter and giving it to the Pony Express and they put it on a horse mm -hmm. and they, you know, what take it away, um, I can send a text or write an email. But because of the speed of things, and we have this expectation to get it out, get it out, get it out, there is, we almost feel like there's no time to reread and take a minute and look at, and it's not just writing, right? But anything we're doing, it's just to get done, just to do, just to do. Right. Um, and you know, how many times have you like looked at your watch to look at the time or turn on your phone to look at the time and 10 seconds later, it doesn't register what time it was. <laughs> yeah. And it, you just kind of go through the motions <clears throat> and the same thing. Like if you're making anything from a box, everybody has done this. You throw the box away. And then you forget how much milk you're supposed and to put in. And you go dig it out. And then you go dig it out. And then you look at it. And then you, okay, okay, I got it. You throw it away. And then you forget what the oven should be set on. And then you have to dig it out again. And it's just that att attention to detail of taking the time in the beginning, instead of having to go back to the trash can and get the box again, and looking at it and saying, okay, I need this many eggs and this much milk and the oven needs to be preset to this and whatever, and then throwing it away. Or maybe just keeping it on the counter until you're yeah. done. <laughs> but you know, it's that exactly. whole, um, we're just in a rush to do everything. And um, and I wish we just slow down a little bit. Well, and back to the dishes, we had a dishwasher. Yes, we uh, did. And, and, but I still think that's a good skill for children to learn. Even if they have a dishwasher, there are going to be times when you won't have a dishwasher or it'll be broken or mm -hmm. there's something that you're not supposed to put in the dishwasher. And yeah, so important. Um, I, I, just as you were talking, I thought about another lack of attention to detail medical thing that happened to you after one of your surgeries. Remember the staples? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can I tell the story? Oh, please. <laughs> so I, this was after my... I don't think I've ever told this story, but in a nutshell, I had my ICD placed and originally it was going to be this new fancy kind of ICD that instead of sitting up here, oh, if you're not watching YouTube, you wouldn't know, but instead of sitting up here on your chest, it sits under your arm. SICD. Yeah, it's called a subcutaneous. And instead of the leads going directly into your heart, they sit on the outside subcutaneously right under the skin. Um, and so it's safer, it's better for younger people. It had all of these positive things. We fought and fought, my doctor fought with my insurance company yeah. to cover it. It was a huge ordeal. Well, he gets in the operating room and it doesn't work. And he, um, in order to you know make sure that it, the operation was a success, they have to shock you, shock you and, um, and it wouldn't shock and wouldn't shock. And, and they can't shock you until they sew you up. So he sewed me up and opened it up, the same incision under my arm, shut it or, you know, sewed it up, opened it up, whatever. Finally, he put in a normal one. So now I have all of these scars everywhere, all of these incisions that weren't all supposed to be there. And um, however many weeks later, two weeks later, you go back to your post-op appointment and it's time to get the staples taken out. And that's not a pleasant experience. It's not... You Especially know. where that yeah, it's really sensitive right under your arm, and I mean it's not painful per se. Like it's I've been okay, but it's annoying. It's yeah, a nuisance. So you know the girls doing it, doing it, gets them all out, whatever. Well, that night I think it was the first time like I could take a real shower, mm -hmm. and I was kind of scrubbing under my arm, and I was like, "What is that?" 
And I had mom look and sure enough, there was a staple. So we go back to the doctor's office the next day. She takes it out, same girl, takes it out. Okay, good, all done. Now, let me just interject. This same girl is a physician's assistant. It wasn't a tech um, you know, or a volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> volunteer. Please don't let a volunteer take your staples out. I mean, this is a learned, educated <laughs> staff member. Um, and so we, you know, get that staple taken out, whatever. And lo and behold, I'm taking a shower that night, and there is another gosh darn staple sticking out. And finally, mom's next door. And I was staying with mom and dad at the time because I couldn't take care of Sadie and all that. And um, the, mom's next door neighbor is works in the cardiologist. She's a nurse practitioner. In a different office. A different office, but in the cardiology practice. practice. Yeah. And she texted her and she said, okay. And so sure enough, here comes Ginny with her kit and her gloves. And she's like, let me. And so she went in and I think she found two more. Yeah. And it was just one of those where it was like one after another. And like, there's, they're not stitch it. I don't know. Like they, I don't know how you missed them. I really don't. Especially um, when you went back the second time. <laughs> right. And I don't know if this is correlated and the longer version of this is definitely a story for another time, but that's the incision that I got MRSA in yeah. later on. So maybe having staples in there longer than, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody, but I'm just saying like, come on people but she was very clearly distracted yeah while she was doing it because she was talking to mom and you know and just no attention to detail to the task at hand yeah and so what does that do that means alex had to go back another time that means we had to figure out how to you know have it yep. finally and resolved? If, if Jenny didn't live next door, we would have had to go in a second time. Yeah, well, a third a time. A third time. I mean, like it was just over and over again. And I mean, and those may seem like minor things, but if they could happen over and over and over and over, which is what I well, said, and I was gonna say, we have enough medical stuff happening. It happens over and over. And yeah, over it does. I mean, we've seen a pattern, and it. <laughs> It's really disheartening. Yeah. Um, you, it's annoying at first. I don't get angry about it because it's just not worth it to me. I mean, I'm I'm frustrated that I have to go through the unpleasantness of another, you know, prep yeah. and colonoscopy. But um, I just I wish I could fix it. I right. just wish. Well, I and could we've fix talked it. a lot about how um, wouldn't it be nice that we could like have a consulting business where we go in and fix doctor's offices. And to some degree, I don't think they care. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I they're not going to take one look at us and say, you're going to what? <laughs> right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that attention to detail. So I would encourage you, we haven't done like a challenge in a while, but, um, slow down a little bit this week yeah. and, um, and next week, cause this will come out on a Thursday. Um, but yeah, take a minute. Take a beat, slow down, enjoy the scorching weather that we're dealing with, and because um, attention to detail is so important. Well, and and certainly very important in medicine, but in every aspect of yeah. life, just uh, be careful. Just mm -hmm. um, take a few minutes, and I think you're right. I think it's a time thing. We we rush, rush, rush everywhere right. we go. And to what end? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Down There Aware. Be sure to like and subscribe on our new YouTube channel, as well as on your favorite podcast platform. You can find us at Down There Aware on all social media sites, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. If you have it, we're there at Down There Aware. You can learn more on our website, www.downthereaware.com and always get in touch with us, downthereaware at gmail.com. See you next week.